What's up, everyone? I am your host, Kristen Devine. Welcome to another episode of Level Up, the podcast that discusses all things tabletop. In this episode, we will be discussing one of the most anticipated conventions of the year, Big Bad Con. And we'll get some ideas from our guests on how we can level up convention safety. I am both extremely honored and excited to introduce my guests for this episode, Banana Chan and Sean Nittner. Thank you both so much for being here. Why don't you each take a moment and introduce yourself to the audience? Banana, do you want to go first? Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, so I'm Banana Chan. I am the owner of a game publishing company called Game in a Curry. And I also write role-playing games and LARPs. Awesome. I'm Sean Nittner. Um, I use he, him pronouns. I am uh, the president and steward of Big Bad Con. Uh, and I also work for Evil Hat as a project manager and talent scout um, and uh, just general uh, gaming advocate I'm wanting to see more games happen. Awesome. Well, again, thank you both so much for being here. I'm very excited to have both of you on to talk about Big Bad Con. Yeah. Um, but bef before we jump into that, um, like we do on every show, I want to just take a few minutes and have each of us talk about a game we've played recently and why we found it so enjoyable. So whoever wants to go first on this one. Uh, sure. I just played, I've, I've just started a campaign of Band of Blades, which is uh, the the game of dark military fantasy. Uh, usually I'm not a big fan of military fantasy because of the sort of toxic tropes that it reinforces. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like Band does, I wouldn't say it uh, subverts all of them, but I think Band is very cognizant of them and it does a good job of subverting a lot of them. Uh, it starts with the premise that you're on the run and you're never ever not going to be on the run. And uh, seeing if you can kind of scramble and make it under really impossible odds has been just... Uh, a little terrifying and uh, a ton of fun for me. So, and, and the fact that it's a campaign game, we're playing it every week, which I haven't done in quite a while, is also just a great reward to just see the continuity of all of these tragic and doomed characters keep, keep plodding along. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. What was the name of the game one more time? It's called Band of Blades, and Band of Blades. it is a game that is... Uh, it's based on Blades in the Dark, uh, uh, ah. the Blades in the Dark engine, and it's uh, it's going to be coming out in August. So we're playing the sent to the printer, but hasn't quite been released yet version. Well, it sounds awesome. I'll have to look for it when it comes out. Uh, Banana, how about you? I have been very behind of my gaming, <laughs> um, but the last game that I played is a campaign that we just started up again uh, for Monster Hearts. Um, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, so I'm playing a werewolf again because I love playing werewolves. Because werewolves are great. And uh, Kristen's on it. <laughs> also, um, our friends... Cleo, uh, Morgan and CEO is like running it. Um, oh, this and... is Morgan's game. Oh, yeah. I, I heard about this game. Oh, that's, mm -hmm. that's exciting. Yeah. Small and... world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I believe the episode's going live on Thursday. Mm -hmm. Or, yes. <laughs> yeah, the first cool. one will be out on Thursday. Where do people find it? Where is it? Where will it go live? On the YouTubes? Uh, it'll be on the role to play network on the uh, role to play podcast, the actual play Sweet. on this network. Yeah. Well, oh. ba banana, I was going to talk about monster hearts. 
<laughs> she beat you to it. That's okay. That's okay. Because somehow, since the last time I recorded, I have played two games. Uh, normally, oh. I can only squeeze like one in between recordings. So I'm thrilled <laughs> that I have a backup game. Uh, nice. So a game I played recently was uh, Adventure Skeletons by Grant Howitt. It's one of his monthly games, uh, one-page games that he puts out for his Patreons. Nice. Uh, so we played that, and we did play it on the show as well, but I got to play it with um, my partner, Tim, which is nice, because we don't always get to game together. Mm -hmm. um, I played it with Amanda Call, Morgan, <laughs> uh, and, and Kent Blue was our GM. So a uh, very lighthearted game uh, about skeletons that kind of go on an adventure. Um, we freed our skeleton brothers and sisters, and um, well, I don't want to give away the end, but there's an evil wizard involved. So it was very lighthearted, uh, which was a nice game to play and and a lot of fun. Yeah, having a bunch of skeletons in a room, the chances that there's an evil wizard behind it all sounds sounds, sounds very possible. <laughs> I love Grant's games so much. Ever mm -hmm. since I saw Honey Heist, I was just like, oh my god, <laughs> it's mm -hmm. so good. Yep. He's got... He's coming out to Gen Con, so I'm very excited for that. Him and Mary cool. are both coming out to Gen Con. Yeah. And I will be there as well. Yes! Everyone's coming to Gen Con. Please tell me you're coming too, Kristen. No. I'm so oh. jealous you guys get to go. I know. I We are probably only going to make it to one convention this year, and uh, if everything works out, that one convention will coincidentally be Big Bad Con. Woo! Yes. Okay, I'll take it. So. Well, we'll, we'll be there so it's, it's the right con clearly yes so i that's not, why not for any other reason just then that banana will be there like that's i don't want to say it's the best con but oh. it's the best con. <laughs> <laughs> christina when you when you opened it and said the highly anticipated i was like what con is she talking oh <laughs> what convention are we talking about this episode <laughs> Okay, so speaking of, let's dive into talking about uh, Big Bad Con. For any listeners who may not be familiar, um, Big Bad is a tabletop and live action gaming convention that takes place in Walnut Creek, California uh, on October 10th to the 13th. The Kickstarter is live and not surprisingly at all fully funded, but there are many amazing stretch goals left. Um, and by the time you're listening to this, there's probably about two weeks left. So we're going to link the Kickstarter in the show notes and you should definitely go check it out. Um, to get started, um, can you guys each talk maybe a little bit about what your roles are as they relate to Big Bad Con? I just organized the POC dinner <laughs> that's on Friday. Uh, Sean's like the guy who runs the entire thing. So, I well, I, I would say you organized <laughs> the POC dinner. You secured a ton of funding to make it happen, uh, which has been huge, and that's all been integral to the Babylon Equity Project and the stretch goals as well. So, I think, and you're coming <laughs> as Romeo and Juliet with your rival oh. Ken Davidson. So, mm -hmm. come on, right. talk about all that stuff. Okay, fine. So I'm also cosplaying as Romeo from the uh, 90s hit movie, uh, Romeo and Juliet. I'm going to be uh, cosplaying as Leonardo DiCaprio, and my rival, Ken Davidson, is going to be um, Claire Danes. And we're just going to, I'm not entirely sure what we're going to be doing. I think it's going to be a mixture of like scripted slash improv star-crossed with a lot of audience participation. So I'm very excited for that. And I'm also uh, running Hack slash 
enhance slash hack with uh, Eric Marsman. That's a hacking game. So, wow, <laughs> it's yeah, I'm pretty busy for all the hacking going on in that in that game. It feels very hackers from the description. It's yes, it's got hack twice in the name, so it's very hacking. Right, hackery. <laughs> you missed it the first time. <laughs> There's plenty of <laughs> yeah. Um, then also, she isn't taking credit for this, but um, I will give her credit for it. Um, when I asked for testimonials for the Kickstarter video this year, I've done this before, and it's usually a lot of folks saying, that sounds like a great idea. And then um, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to like stop, take time out of your day, and mm-hmm. record yourself, you know, uh, especially if you're not set up for it. Right. It's, it's usually a thing that seems great in concept, but is really actually quite difficult in practice. And the big, one of the best ways I find to get people excited and encouraged to do something is to see somebody else doing it. And then I gave me the very first <laughs> videos that I posted, I tweeted, and I was like, see, oh, look, man, did it. you can too. And because of that, and I, and I say I have experience with this. I've done this before and I've gotten, I think, three videos one of them being banana in the past but i think last time i asked for this i got three videos this time i got like 35 wow, uh, wow. and a lot i attribute 90 percent of that to um to to banana to you you giving oh. me those early ones that i could then <laughs> show the world and encourage everyone else to do it too so it was fantastic and it made the kickstarter video amazing because it really did not need to be me on that video one more time <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. And um, Banana, the the game that you're running, um, can people sign up to play that or is it full? Are we not uh, talking about that yet? I don't think signups are open yet. Okay. Yeah, we'll 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 take games until August and then we'll do the schedule we'll schedule all of them after that and then very early September we'll open up game signups. And so um, we'll we always give everybody as much notice as we can. Like as soon as the schedule's ready, we email it out, tweet it out, and send it every, you know, via every means possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, and then once everyone's had a chance to look at the schedule, then we open them up. So, yeah. So, that's to say, if you're listening to this, you definitely have a chance of getting into Hack Enhance Hack. <laughs> Which is a hacking game. Which is a hacking game. <laughs> if you didn't catch it. Is there hacking in the game? Is what yes. I want to know. <laughs> There actually is. So there actually is like a computer program that you use um, in the game. So you're playing like a video game while you're interacting with one another. It's a LARP. So it's a LARP slash video game. I'm excited. It's a whole immersive experience. I'm really excited about this too. Yeah. Yeah. All the immersive. (laughs) All the things. Uh, My role at Big Bad Con is a little bit of everything. Um, I am the um, I'm the f- founder, and now I've sort of slowly tried to abdicate some of the my, the original um, uh, roles that I had, and so I don't do everything anymore. But I am sort of the Kickstarter coordinator and the steward, and I I liaise at the hotel and I do a lot of the like top level convention logistics. Mm-hmm. And, and then, uh, and that, and the great thing about that is that means I also get to work with other people to put on really amazing events. So for instance, Aja and DC and, and Banana all came to me saying, let's put on a POC dinner and we put our heads together and we were able to do that. 
um, another friend of mine just said, Hey, let's have a media room so people can record and stream podcasts and, and, and run Twitch streams. And I was like, awesome. And so Ross Kalman is bringing some equipment to, to help make that happen. And so it's, it's really fun for me because I get to like a lot of people say, Hey, how about this cool idea? And not always, but very often I got to say, yeah, let's, let's try and make that work. And, uh, you know, a good, a good portion of the time we do. Um, so it's, it's fun to, uh, be sort of in charge of special projects in a lot of ways. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds amazing. I was looking at the Kickstarter and, and how many things you guys are offering, uh, th- this year, like the, like the POC dinner. Um, and I think there was a room for like teens and adults, like a dry, is it a dry room? Yeah, there's a, so we had, we've had a teen room for a really long time mm-hmm. and it's just never, the, the thing is the very last place. I think a lot of teens want to go is a room called the teens room. It's just, <laughs> I mean, I, and fair. I feel it. I have two teenage kids. Like I, I feel it. It's, you know, it's just not, it's not cool. Um, <laughs> so the teen room was almost always, there'd be a few events in there, but generally speaking, it was fairly empty, even though we had lots of games that people could check out and play. It just, it wasn't very well used. So we have this loungy space that we had been using before, uh, to try and squeeze games into, but we it was never a good fit. So we're sort of reverting it back to a lounge, and we're making it the all-ages dry lounge. And that's a little bit in tandem with the Soda Pop Social, which uh, Brie Bo Sheldon ran last year, and it'll be back this year, which is, you know, an attempt to attempt to get away from drinking culture, an attempt to get away from the notion that the only way to be in the industry is to schmooze, is to, is to be drinking at a bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that this is going to be a cool hangout space. My hope um, uh, is that it'll be a cool hangout space and it'll be for, it'll be dry. So no, no booze in that area and that all of our attendees can, can, you know, hang out there anytime they want. So uh, we'll see, maybe it'll just be some couches and nobody hanging out, but I, I think I think people always want hangout spaces at cons. So making yes, more yeah. dedicated space for that can't can't be wrong. Uh, the big trick will just be making sure everyone knows where it is. So we'll put up lots of signs. Awesome. And then um, Sean, do you mind giving us just a little bit of history on how Big Bad Con got started? Just for our listeners who may not know, like the history of Big Bad Con. Yeah, it's it's it's. Um, I'm going to try and keep it short because <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> there's, there's 17 years of history here that I'm going to try and like, yeah. So there's, there's various states of Genesis of the con and I'll okay. just try and I'll, I'll hit them real, real quickly. So before big bad con for seven years, there was a, a convention that I was working with a lot of folks to put on called good omens con. And it was a group of GMs in the Bay area that called ourselves good omens. And we, try to just diversify the sort of game offerings that were available. And at the time, that's because what you'd find at most conventions was D&D, Champions, and Cthulhu, and that was about it. Mm-hmm. And we thought we were revolutionary by bringing White Wolf games. Uh, <laughs> this was a long time ago. Uh, but, you know, we, we really were trying to stretch what the offerings were. And to just sort of bring a particular quality of, of game that was play-tested, that had well, you know, pre-made characters that were typed up rather than hand scrawled to sort of bring a level of uh, reducing uh, the the friction of jumping into a game and making it really accessible and approachable. Um, And we ran that for seven years and then it was a one day event and we collected money for a food bank and it was really great. I enjoyed it, but I I realized I needed to 
to grow bigger, I really needed to do a weekend event. It had to be at a con and had to be uh, a whole deal. So I uh, sort of handed that back over and said, okay, I'm going to let you all keep running this as long as you want. I'm going to start a new thing. And, and thus Big Bad Con came and it was really intended to fill a gap of an, uh, a regional convention in the area mm-hmm. that uh, would have a strong tabletop and LARP offering. And in the very, very beginning, my big goal was just like really high quality games and to try and bridge the, um, the gap or the gap that I perceived between tabletop and LARP uh, players because the West Coast like LARP scene wasn't very integrated with tabletop scene. I mm-hmm. think in other areas it really is. But my experience was that there was like LARPers and tabletop role players and they didn't really cross over much. And so I was really trying very hard to like try and make hybrid freeform games offered and, and get people like Jason Morningstar who are really well-known tabletop game designers to then run LARPs. So they'd like pull people in and vice versa. And that was a big focus of the con for a while. And then uh, it was a, it was a, a few years in when a friend of mine uh, asked if she could, if she would, if she would be safe coming to the con uh, presenting as a woman, and it would be the first time that she had come out in public, and uh, and she's told me uh, I've asked her if it's okay to share the story. She's very she's very happy for me to 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 talk about this, and she talks about it, she talks about it a lot too. But um, you know, she asked me, you know, do you do you think I would uh, it would be okay to come out uh, uh, at Big Bad? And I said I think so, but you know, we have a lot of other trans attendees. Why don't you ask them? You know, I think they're going to be a much better uh, goalpost. You know, but give you a much better indication than I could. Mm-hmm. And uh, thankfully she talked to several people and they all said that they felt really welcomed and loved at the con. And that year she came and not only was she, uh, was she presenting as a woman for the first time in public, but also there was a big like GMing competition at that point and she was in it and she won it. So it was like this wow. huge, like nice. wonderful, I think experience for her to like be accepted and welcomed and like cherished and sort of like also independently but still it feels really nice to like win this big accolades too all at the same time so i realized after that i was like well that was great but it was kind of just good luck right like i hadn't i i'd always tried to cultivate a really welcoming and like kind culture myself but i hadn't actually put like things in place to make that happen we didn't have a code of conduct we didn't have or a lot of things we didn't have mm-hmm. and so after that i went wow we got really lucky I don't want to ever put that to chance again. Let's really double down on focusing on making the con be this place that it happened to be, but that I really want it to be consistently for people who, for people of color, for people with disabilities, for queer folks, for women, for just every marginalized group that might go to another convention and feel like they weren't welcome or that they weren't safe. Um, And so that sort of, I'd say that I think it's year three that was really the genesis of the current Big Bad, which is a, a con that really focuses on creating this like safe space where where people um, can explore identity, they can forge new relationships, and that they will feel that like they're they're going to be welcome in the space. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was a very long winded answer, but <laughs> that's me trying to condense it down as much as I could. <laughs> No, that's great. I, I I think that was a fantastic answer. And I, I do definitely want to touch on the the safety of conventions. But before we do that, uh, since we're on the subject of like the history of this great convention, um, Banana, how did you get first get involved with Big Bad Con? So 
I believe I was a stretch goal. And this was like second or third year. I don't really remember now, but it was a long time ago. Um, and I wasn't sure of like what to expect really. And then when I got there, it was just amazing. Like all the a, a majority of like the stretch goals at the time already were women or people of color. And I guess I was like nervous because it's so far away from home. But at the mm -hmm. same time, it's just like once you get there, everyone is so welcoming and friendly. And it's just like a super diverse group of people. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So since we're on the topic of, of that, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners who, like myself, have been to very few or maybe no conventions. So what is Big Bad Con doing right in regards to making its attendees feel safe and welcome? Like, how do you think that culture came about? Um, for me, I think it's very much a layered approach. There's not a single thing that mm -hmm. is done. So I will, there's, there's a few things that are like very much like front of, you know, like on the forefront of my, my thought that are really explicit. And I think then there's a lot of other things that are implicit and part of the culture that are maybe harder to tease out, but we can definitely call attention to the really explicit ones. So for me, um, uh, actually Manana, I'm curious what your answer is to this because I have all sorts of stuff because I'm always like planning this thing. So I, I think I'm mm -hmm. going to like let you <laughs> I'm gonna step back for a second. So that's a good idea. Isn't it? Yeah. I think like one of the first things that I notice is always like the Kickstarter page. So like when you look at the Kickstarter page, you see like the stretch goals, you see all the like the people that are contributing to like, um, you know, for example, big bad online you know, online GMs, mm -hmm. you see, you know, Baba Yaga's contributors, like a majority of these people, they're super diverse. And it mm -hmm. has a lot of different kinds of people that are contributing to this. And I think that it's, it sort of encourages a more diverse set of attendees as well. Like, it's not just, uh, it's not all just white dudes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, it's a real strong focus is that it's not just white dudes. Yeah. And unfortunately, I mean, the gaming de demographic, like the people in the industry, like most people are, you know, it's, it's mostly all white dudes. Um, and it's nice to just like highlight people who are from di different demographics. Um, I think that's like one thing that Big Bad Con does really well. Yeah. It's a, it's a major, uh, I think the Kickstarter is one of our most public or our most public places to show the faces of the people attending, right? Like we don't, mm -hmm. we have lots of pictures that you can go into past years. Mm -hmm. And if you go to our staff page, you'll also see that our staff is also a very like, uh, our staff is also a very diverse staff as well. But that's not a thing that, you know, a lot, it's good, you're going to draw people's attention immediately. And so um, for me, it's always been really important that we didn't, have just a slew of white dudes uh, as our right. as our stretch goal guests and as our contributors. And in fact, the way that I position well, I very intentionally position um, like very well established white men that are uh, you know, in the industry as as Kickstarter as as stretch goal guests when they do appear, they serve a very specific role, which is to sort of like lift up everyone else. Mm -hmm. So if I know, like I love Jason Morningstar, he, he he's a wonderful man, and I love having him at the con. Mm -hmm. But whenever he comes, whenever he's a stretch goal guest, he's always at a particular marking point, which is going to help to bring a lot of other possibly lesser known creators to the con as well. So he's a stretch goal with the intent of like 
your purpose on this list is to try and really bring up, lift up awareness and to support all the other people that may not be as well, as well known. And so they will appear on the list, but mm -hmm. they're serving a purpose, which is to mm -hmm. lift up others rather than like to make them the big highlight of the, of the show. Right. Yeah. And, and, and sorry, I was just gonna say, what a great way to be an ally, right? Is to be a part of that and help lift up, like you said, the lesser known. Yeah. I think that, I think everyone that's, that's been, um, I think everyone that's been on the list, you know, all of our special guests, I think have really been not only excited about coming out themselves, but also really excited about the other people. That's the main, I don't know, lure that I use when I'm inviting people. I'm like, here was the list of people who came last year. Here's the list of other people I'm inviting. And I mm -hmm. think that that, you know, helps if somebody might be a little bit apprehensive of what's this con all about to sort of see the other, the other folks that are on there. Uh, you know, for instance, this year, we just passed the $30,000, uh, uh, stretch goal and we're bringing out uh, the entire Baker family uh, <laughs> Meg and Vincent and Toby and Sebastian and Elliot and I'm I'm so delighted because I love all the Bakers but they were very much I was like so I'm planning with 30,000 because I want to bring up <laughs> all these other folks and they were right. ecstatic about that as well and uh, very happy that we we had all those other goals and there's a I've got it mapped out further we'll, we'll see how well the the, the Kickstarter does. So far, it's doing mm -hmm. fantastic. So mm -hmm. we'll see if we can bring a, a few more people yet uh, to the con. Uh, but that, that, is a huge, that is a huge point. Another element is our, is our scholarship. Uh, the Kickstarter and, other, and the website also raises money to bring out uh, folks uh, from various marginalized groups to, mm -hmm. to the con. So the scholarship is specifically made just for that purpose. Uh, and it's uh, confidential, you know, so we let people know how many people that we help, but we don't say who they are. Um, okay. And uh, that's, you know, because not everybody wants like that, their, the, the details of their finances, right, shared, sure. uh, shared outwardly. Right. So, um, but it, we're very happy that that's been able to bring more folks to the con. Uh, and, then, and then this year, in collaboration with DC, uh, which has just been absolutely amazing. Uh, in two days, in two days, we raised $26,000 for the Babylon Equity Project to bring out over 30 people of color to the con. Not to run any games, not to be on any panels, just to attend, just to be there and connect with other folks. And I think, with the exception of like maybe three or four of them, um, almost everybody on that list has never been before. So this is going to be a brand new oh, opportunity wow. for them. Uh, to, to connect with, e with each other. Everyone, all of the people in the Babylon Equity Project, all of the uh, stretch goal guests who are people of color, and all of the people of color on our staff uh, also are all getting free admission to the POC dinner, uh, and other folks can get it at a discounted rate. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic that we have so many avenues with which we're bringing people and highlighting folks um, that, are, that are coming to the con. And I think that that sets a sort of like sets a tenor. It's like, this is what we care about. This is, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. this is our norm. <laughs> I mean, I don't right. believe in the norm yeah. that like norm is, the, norm. you know, the mythic norm doesn't exist, but like, this is the norm we're trying to, we're trying to move towards, which is yes. one where uh, it isn't a sea of white dudes at the mm -hmm. con. Um, and, uh, and, and more importantly than that though, is that every, that there's like, so many diverse voices in the creation and the planning of the con that, and mm -hmm. that comes down to our staff and that comes down to the, the various people that are contributing to these special projects. Um, you know, DC 
absolutely was, you know, DC and I talked many times planning the, the, the Babylon Equity Project. And it was always very, very clear in our mind that they were going to be the ones to spearhead it. They were the ones, they were the person who could say, uh, I've had this great experience. You should come and have a great experience as well in mm -hmm. a way that it was an authenticity that I, that I as, as a white guy really can't have. Like I can say, I hope you do, but I can't, I can't speak outside of my own experience. So um, it, it meant so much at DC um, running that. And it meant so much that they, you know, they were interested in doing it. I was like, hey, do you, do you want to do this? Should we make this happen? And they're like, yeah, let's do it. And again, it was really phenomenal. And there was a lot of effort from other folks as well in the planning. Uh, it didn't just happen overnight, but um, right. it's, it's, yeah. been, it's been fantastic. Uh, so I think that's one big important part. I think the other part is some of our sort of rules of engagement. Um, mm -hmm. We have the, we started, uh, not, not in the very beginning, but after the sort of refocusing of the con, we started with a, a code of conduct, which is now, I would say, pretty common. I don't know that every con has them, but most do. I certainly don't like to go to cons that don't have them. Right. Um, uh, but at the time, it was pretty new. You know, it was something that not a lot of people were doing. So it's, it's, needed, it's, it's needed a lot of refinement over the years because when we first made it, we didn't really know what we were doing. And so we were refining it. And... Um, and the code of conduct, I think, is a good baseline. It's like a lot of like, don't be transphobic or racist or homophobic or like none of those things. It's all, right. you know. Mm -hmm. um, but then uh, Nathan uh, Black, who is our uh, community coordinator, uh, we were talking on the phone one day um, uh, on Hangouts one day, and he said, you know, I really feel like it's a list of thou shalt nots. And that's fine, but it's not really engaging. And we're talking. And then at one point, I don't remember which one of us said it, but one of us was like, when you invite someone into conversation, mark XP. And it just like blew both our minds. We're like, oh my God, yes, that's it. And so out of that came Big Bad World, which is the like con long LARP of being awesome to each other and getting XP for doing it. And then trading this, your playbooks in for pins and getting new playbooks. And it's this powered by the apocalypse game of being good to each other. <laughs> And it is amazing, and I love it so much because people it's an alibi for people to have good behavior, and like that's a huge thing, you know, just introducing yourself to somebody or or making space for somebody or catching somebody up in a conversation uh, are all things that we think maybe we should do, maybe we shouldn't, but it's so kind of socially awkward sometimes. Mm -hmm. But when you have that playbook that says you get to mark XP when you do it, suddenly your gaming brain just engages and you're like, "Oh yeah, yes. I'm gonna do this because yeah. I want that XP." Uh, and it just makes me so happy to see people playing it, especially when they power game it. Ha ha, I just got five XP because I introduced myself to five people. I'm like, yeah, you did. Yeah, you're, you're totally power gaming this game. You're, you're killing it. So Yeah, from, from everything I've read, uh, it's, it's really hard for me to, to pick one thing that I would say is like a favorite or that I would be most excited about. But as someone who has social anxiety, it, you hit it right on the head, right? Your gaming brain kicks in and you now have a, a reason to do something that you probably wanted to do or maybe wanted to do, but were too nervous or too caught up in your own head. Now there's, there's this reason that is shared by everybody and understood by everybody. And therefore you have permission and comfort and safety in doing it. So I, that's one of my favorite things. I'm, I'm so glad that it, what you said is exactly the, for me, it's exactly the point. If, if not everybody, 
if not everybody's playing the game, then, or at least if not everybody's even at least aware of the game, mm-hmm. then you're still like, well, do they know, you know, it's kind of like LARPing vampire out in the wild, right? Like who knows <laughs> what I'm doing, right? You know, am I just, am I, um, but because it's, you know, when you come up to get your badge, we tell you about the game and you can play it or not. It's totally up to you, but like everybody knows when they're coming. It, yeah. It, and, I, and I think the games in general do that. They create structured conversations that allow it, that take some of the pressure off of like trying to be clever, trying to be charming. You don't need to be clever or charming. You just need to be honest and true to yourself. And the game gives you, a, any game really, gives you a space to do that in. And so I think gamifying social interactions is, um, yeah, it really makes me excited. Uh, it's also helped me. I'm generally a pretty outgoing person who's okay with, with introducing myself to people, but I remember I was at Gen Con a couple of years ago and I saw Eloy LaSanta and I had tried to have him come out as a, as a guest, but he couldn't make it that year. I think that was mm-hmm. 2017. And, um, but we had talked over email a few times and I wanted to introduce myself to him, but I, he, every time I saw him, he was surrounded by like eight people and I didn't want to <laughs> break into the conversation. And so I, I saw him like four times because we, I guess we must've had events next to each other because I kept seeing him. Mm-hmm. And every time you surround all these people. And then one time I had, to, I had to pee really bad. And so I was <laughs> running down the hall and inadvertently I ran through him and his group of friends. And when I got out, I sort of came up and I was like, hi, I'm so sorry. I just ran through your group. By the way, I'm Sean. Nice to meet you. <laughs> and so this like mistake slash awkward interaction you know awkwardness gave me that alibi to Mm -hmm. introduce myself that I had been too shy to do before and of course he was wonderful and sweet and very kind and we started talking immediately but you know I could have just said it but I needed that I needed that alibi even though I certainly hadn't planned it 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 helped me uh help me get over the hump yeah absolutely oh my god I love that story (laughs) (laughs) there I there are so many things to touch on and I I just want to go back briefly to the um, Babylon Equity Project, because along with several other things talked about that, I just think this is, it needs a spotlight. Um, Absolutely. And I want to, I wanted to ask, and Sean, this is one of those moments where if you don't want to answer, we'll cut. Um, Sure. Because I don't know if it's, it's an okay question. Um, So I wanted to ask how uh, people that are being sent were, were chosen or, or how they were able to, um, express interest in going okay. it was basically people dc knew i mean it really came down to like okay connections dc had and then mm-hmm. it was when we actually like ran out after we sort of ran out of people mm-hmm. then it, we started asking those people who do you recommend so it was okay. a pretty much like an organic growth of, yes uh and dc more or less put a call out on twitter being like hey if you'd like to if you're yeah. a person of color and you'd like to come let me know okay and I, don't think we really turned anyone down unless we unless it didn't work out financially like like we we knew we had so much money to give each person Mm -hmm. and some people were just like oh that's not enough because we couldn't necessarily pay for every single expense so it was like here's what we think we can offer and so i think a few people were like oh i I would need more uh but other than that i don't think there was anybody that was like hey i want to come and that we at least not that i know of Um, right so yeah it's it started with dc's personal connections and then it went from like their connections and then it went to like Twitter verse. Okay. Yeah. And so there was like an open call 
um, after, like you said, the connections and the organic growth of who could be recommended. Yeah. Um, what is this? Am I, do I understand right? This is the first time you guys have done this project? Yeah. Yeah. It's brand okay. new. So it we, might grow next year or stay the same next year, but something you guys, it was successful. So probably something you guys want to keep. Yeah. It may not even be centered around Big Bad or it may not even be only centered around Big Bad. Um, Fantastic. DC and I talked originally, originally the plan was like, we were going to have two different Big Bad Con Kickstarters. And then we uh, talked with a friend of ours who's a, a fundraising and marketing specialist. And she's like, that is catastrophically a bad idea. <laughs> You're just going <laughs> to confuse everybody and no one's going to know what's going on. And mm -hmm. so she originally thought, well, maybe you should just make it one thing and like make it a particular pledge level to support the BOEP like we do the scholarship right now. And uh, that really didn't fulfill our need because we really wanted to have this be a spotlight event, not just like a pledge level within buried amongst the rest. So um, we kept going through it. And then what she kind of hit on, she said, this isn't limited just to big bad. It's not even limited just to convention attendance, like the Babylon equity project, which it didn't have a name at the time, but mm -hmm. it's like the goal that you have DC is to promote people of color within the gaming hobby, the, the gaming community, the gaming industry. And if that's the case, then like, let's give that the opportunity to be as big as it needs to be. Right now, this year, in this instance of it, it's bringing people to Big Bad Con. But in the future, and this very much depends on DC's kind of capacity and bandwidth to do this, mm -hmm. depends on how many other people join the, um, the effort, but it very much has the, the capacity to be much bigger than it was this year to support people in many other ways. So we don't really want to commit to anything. We wanted to see how it goes the first of year, course. test it out. Mm -hmm. But the intent is, yes, I hope to do it again next year, but I don't think it necess necessarily has to be limited. Maybe we do it for a few years. You know, I think a lot of times you kind of have to do things a couple of years, tell times in a row to really get the hang of it. Sure. Because um, this year, we raised all the money, which is great, but we still have to figure out how to get how to get that money, and and help people with their flights and do room bookings and all that stuff for thirty people. And mm -hmm. having done it for stretch goal guests in the past, I can say that is not a small logistical challenge. That right. is a that is a big challenge. So I really want to see mm -hmm. at the end of it if DC's like, oh yeah, that was great, or whoa, we need to do something that's more concentrated next year. We need you know like we need to tune things in various ways so that it's still tenable. Because the last thing you want to do is is burn yourself out completely, just by overextending. So we know we have the money. That's good. Mm -hmm. And I'm very confident in our organizational skills. Um, but it's it, the, 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 the lion's share of the work is still yet to come. So we'll, we'll see how, how that goes and then, and then grow and learn from there. Right. That sounds like the natural progression of things. It's it's always been my stance about the con every year we grow in like 10% increments and every year we grow by like a couple of events. I try very hard not to, I've, I've, we've never blown up in a huge way. We've never doubled in size or we've never added a ton of new tracks all at once because I don't think you really can do justice to them. Mm -hmm. If you're just doing all this new stuff all the time, as is, we're still every year doing something new which is right. good for me. It keeps my brain active and keeps me <laughs> excited. But, but if you, if you, if you, if you grow too fast, it can be really detrimental to the community. Um, right. I, I think in part that's because you kind of develop a culture and you want that culture to be pervasive when someone who hasn't experienced it comes in and they, they come in and they feel welcomed and warm. And if, 
you bring in, if you double the size of your convention over the course of a year, then all of those brand new people aren't familiar with that, the, the, those values mm-hmm. necessarily. And that they could create a major sort of shift in the Petri dish of awesome people, you know? And so um, that's another part of it is like making sure that as people arrive, the, the group consensus is already one of love and caring so that they feel that they're part of that too. That's fantastic. And I, I commend you on wanting to protect the, the culture and not just be so focused on the growth, because I'm sure that there uh, is a long list of ideas. Um, So, so knowing when to implement them is key. It sounds like, and I think that there's a lot of probably are a lot of other conventions or a lot of other events that would just go for the growth. So I think another thing that I'm hearing that I really appreciate about big bad con is your desire to protect the, the culture of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very important. Um, and there's a certain just capacity level, like internally, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of our staff as well. So there, there's a little bit of us looking out for ourselves too. Just trying not to of overwhelm, there should overwhelm be. ourselves. Yeah. Self-care is very important. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But, but yeah, that's, that's uh, very much in, intentional. And it's why um, there are certain things that I have just flatly not included at the con. There are certain tracks that I that people have suggested and what I usually do, my experience is that I, I will go to another convention that features those tracks and I will just spend the whole con doing nothing but that. And I'll just sort of be like, how do I fit in as a new person? Cause that's exactly what everyone would be. If we brought a brand new track to the con, they'd all be new to it. How do I fit into this, to this space? And if it's one that I feel like is really, uh, aligns with our values then i'm really excited to bring it if it really if it's sort of neutral then i'm kind of like well what's the value add and if it it really doesn't align with our values i'm like "Mm, nope sorry i mean that's a cool thing maybe but i don't think it's going to further our goals so we won't feature it at the con and and um you know and that has it's a difficult decision to make sometimes but um the good thing is there's so many awesome things happening all the time that there's you know there's always more cool things to do so it's not like there's a shortage of great stuff in the in the in the hobby and in the industry and in the community yeah and on and on that note speaking of really cool things if you guys have time for one last question i was hoping we could kind of um wrap on um each of you sharing maybe what your favorite event was from last big bad con i think uh my favorite was um nathan black and i had an impromptu Starcrossed game where we played John Travolta and Nicolas Cage from Face Off, mm-hmm. and we printed off masks and we switched masks in between um, <laughs> to complete that to complete that Starcrossed game when the tower fell. It was great. <laughs> that was amazing. I caught the yeah. end of that game and I just saw all of these cutouts of. <laughs> of Nicolas Cage and John Travolta and I was like what oh my god You're pl- I saw the tower and I saw all the masks and I was just like this is terrifying and scary and amazing all at the same time yeah and Janaea uh Janaea Kemper lives or live tweeted the whole thing and it was really funny god I have to dig, yeah. dig back to her twitter thread to find that I want to hear about it 
Uh, mine is not technically an event, but it's the thing that brought me the most joy. So I, I, uh, I'm, I'm saying it anyways. Um, we have a, uh, we have a, a pledge level called Little Red's Basket. And it's a $90 pledge level and you get, um, you get a, a, a badge for Temecon and you also get a basket of treats uh, delivered to you during the con. And uh, we, we look at everyone's schedule and we try to deliver it to them uh, during games that they're playing and not jamming. We try to be as conscious as we can. It's, it's a little bit of a Tetris game to figure out when to deliver them all. But um, it's one of my, I don't know, executive privileges that I get to do that. And so um, uh, we spend forever sorting out all the schedules and packing mm-hmm. them all. And we, and we have a lot of bakers at the con. And so a lot of folks make, that are like uh, several of them that are professional bakers um, that make all these amazing uh, homemade goodies, uh, sweet and savory. And we are very cognizant of dietary restrictions. And so we have lots of options um, for gluten-free and lactose-free and vegan and vegetarian options and all those things. Awesome. Uh, but end of the day, we have these baskets that we deliver like 70 of them and uh jeremy uh kostov and i uh run around with a cart delivering baskets and it's so much fun <laughs> to like interrupt games which most of the time people are like why are you interrupting my game but then they see that we're delivering these goodies mm-hmm. and we tell them all the delicious things that are inside and it just it just lights up everyone at the table. People are so excited because there's always enough to share and mm-hmm. uh it's so much fun to to come in and get to see what everyone's doing and look, you know, look at the, the games in, in progress and, uh, and deliver those treats. It's, it's a lot of fun. So that's one of the things I was like, no, no, I'll, I'll do that. I, I know other people could do it, but I, I want to do it. <laughs> it's like, it's a lot of fun for me to do it. So, so yeah, if you, if you order one of those baskets chance, there's a good chance I will be handled. I will be uh, <laughs> one of the folks bringing it to you uh, this year. And well. that is an excellent reason. Just one of the many reasons to order one of those baskets. Hand right. delivered. Hand delivered, yeah. We always try to time it so it's like within the first half hour of the game, we figure out, you know, character creation's happening, rules explanation, mm-hmm. you haven't dug in too much. But, you know, by the time, some, sometimes it comes a little later, but usually put, usually folks are still pretty, pretty happy when, when they see everything in it. So yeah. yeah, how could they not be? It's treats. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, how do I get that? And I'm like, back the Kickstarter next mm-hmm. year. And I love how people just love to share all that stuff too. Like I've, I think I was in like two or three different games where people were just like handing me treats and I was like, Oh, okay, sure. I'll take this. Yeah. Yeah. Kristen Sullivan's whiskey chips are to die for. And every year I'm like, yes, please, please make one of your whiskey chips. And (laughs) she does. And they're so good. So they sound so good. I mean, they're exactly what they sound like. Uh, uh, Yeah. And they're amazing. Oh, now I want whiskey chips. Right? I recommend it. (laughs) Okay, well, that is all I had. But before I do the wrap, Sean or Bananas or anything else that you guys want me to hit on, I want to make sure we talk about anything you guys want to in regards to the convention. It really, like, I I know I've already been talking a ton. um, And... To some degree, now that makes sense. On another hand, I wish I could just shut up about it and just be like, let other people say things about it. And I don't have to toot my own horn. But there's so many things that excite me about the con. It's, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to contain it. So, But yes, I, I could go on. I literally could go on for hours. But I think this is, this is great. I don't, I don't think more of my mouth words need to be on, fill up your <laughs> podcast. So. 
seems like a good place to wrap our episode. Thank you both so much again for joining me. I think we did a great job talking about leveling up conventions. Um, Sean and Banana, why don't you tell folks where they can find you? Sure thing. Uh, I'm pretty much at Sean Nittner everywhere on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, Twitter is my mainstay. Uh, If you find me on Facebook and I don't respond for a week, I promise that's not because I hate you. I just don't ever go there. Uh, So you can find me there. Uh, Big Bad Con, since we're talking about it, is also available. Uh, You can find us at Big Bad Con on Twitter. Uh, bigbadcon.com is the website uh, you can email info at bigbadcon.com and that'll go to me and a few of the other staff members and uh, yeah yeah twitter twitter is definitely the best place that's where I, that's where i'm active i am also always on twitter and uh, my twitter handle is banana underscore chan underscore vid um, and you can find me also on facebook under banana chan Okay. Once again, I am Kristen Devine. I am also always on Twitter. I think it's a theme. Uh, <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> you can find the show on Twitter at RTP Level Up, uh, and you can visit our website, roletoplaynetwork.com, to learn more about our other shows or fill out our Contact Us form uh, to submit ideas for show topics or to sign up to play a game with us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes as well, and we will see you next month.